This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast one asked, if we spit or swallow? The answer is neither. We gargle. My name's Alice Vaughn, and with me is my gorgeous co-host, Kate Kennedy. Kate, how are you doing today? Do you spit, swallow, or gargle? Uh, you know, I have been looking for a new brand of mouthwash, so maybe I'll give it a shot. I swallow as fast as possible. I'm not one of those porn stars that's going to be like, I love cum so much. Most cum doesn't taste that good. It's fine. I don't mind it. I'm polite. I'm a team player. I can always use a little extra protein in my diet, so that's fine. But I do prefer that they come. When I was performing in porn all the time, they'd be like, where do you want me to come? Where do you want me to come? And I'd always be like, come on my tits, come on my tits, mostly because my makeup looked good. And I was like, I can save this and shoot more content afterwards if you don't come on my face. I guess my question is, if you ever get it in your hair or on your back, what's a good way to like make sure you really get it off? Because I've been in the situation where it's like, this is dry. Why is it? Ah, it's peeling. And it's like on there like six hours later. It's uncomfortable. Whenever so. you have anything like that in your hair, I learned this from cheerleading and from shooting blood orgies. <laughs> it holds true in both and for semen. Condition first and then shampoo. So if you condition first, it'll get anything sticky or gunky like that out and then you shampoo and then condition again. Well, we have someone else who can also chime in on this. Jasmine, how do you feel about this? Well, first and foremost, the answer, if someone ever asks you where, just say on yourself. So that way it's far the hell away from you. I don't know. Like I, I guess conditioner, like oil of some type. Mm-hmm. And just get that thing off. I mean, and I know this because, well, Playing pranks on people as a kid. I used to put gum in people's hair all the time. Oh. What? You were one of those kids? No, no, no. I shouldn't say a kid. Sorry. This is about 10, 15 years ago. So, oh, so you were an adult putting gum in people's hair. No, I was putting gum, like chewing gum. That doesn't make it better. That's worse. It's- if I don't like you, I'll do it. So, are you tying people's shoes together under tables too? I love this. He's like a huge. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's something. No, no, no. I was just prank calling them. No big deal. So with like chewing gum, it gets so dried up in your hair. And that's like a much lighter consistency than most other substances. So you just use oil, like mm-hmm. peanut oil or something. Yeah. So yeah, I just think like oils, conditioners, I've never really gotten anything too crazy in my hair. So I have a terrible story about this that Alice, I've actually never told you. I want to hear it, obviously. So she's totally right. Oil works to get almost anything out of your hair. You know what it doesn't get out of your hair? Silly putty. No. So when I was like four years old, it was Easter. I like remember this. My dad, we had eat like the eggs full of silly putty, right? And I'm like stoked. We're playing, whatever. And I saw him like smash it against his forehead, like to flatten it out. He was probably just joking around, whatever. And so I was like, yeah, I want to be like dad. It took it right on my forehead. And I had bangs and they tried everything. I mean, they tried peanut. My mom called my grandma. We went to the neighbors, like asking anything. And eventually my mom just had to shave my bangs off. And so as like a four to five-year-old, I just have like a little bald like almost like a taco, like a George Costanza thing going on. Wait, did you have a mullet? I didn't have a mullet. It was just, I had like straight <laughs> bangs, like little kid bangs, you know? And all of them had to come off. So my mom cut my hair really, really short, all of this. And then shave, had to shave it because it was sticking right out. So I just had like a little bald crown. Like you don't want that type of shit. You would not want come like drying up on you. I mean, that's like just gross. It's just, there are no pictures of me from that year. Subsequently for that, like six month period, there are no baby photos of me. Yeah. But then your hair grows out a lot quicker than my hair grows very fast. So by the time I started preschool, it was okay. (laughs) I feel like most women have some sort of, I've cut my bang story. Mine happened when I was seven. I remember my mom decided on my basketball-shaped head, yeah, bangs definitely work. No, they don't. And yet they got too long. I was frustrated. So I took some scissors and I thought, you know what? I've seen a hairdresser do this before. Come to find out that apparently my passport photos were being taken that same week. And I'll never forget that my mother rushing and take because I essentially like cut a, a set of stairs on my face. Mm-hmm. My cutting my own bang story happens like every eight months or so when I go through a bad breakup. I haven't learned. 
I haven't. I actually was just thinking about it the other day and I, I'm, you know, happily seeing someone right now, but still I was thinking about it. It's like, I like, here's the thing. I actually think I look pretty good with bangs. I had them last year. They were really cute. A lot of people like them. One person said I looked like the doll Annabelle from the horror movie, which was mean, but I think I look pretty good. And also I do cut my own hair. I actually just got new hair cutting scissors. I've gotten pretty good through the pandemic. I'm not bad at cutting my own hair. I can't do anything fancy, but I can give it a good trim. This brings me to the point. I always say this about chicks who cut their own hair, like especially bangs after a breakup. That's when they do it. And I call it psycho cuts. Cause at that point you're so like thrown off by shit. Like you're out there and like your emotions are all up and down. So you will never get a normal haircut if you're like broken up. Absolutely true. Absolutely. I mean, for the entire last year in which I had to learn how to cut my hair because everything was closed here, <laughs> I wasn't in a great place, you know, but I have gotten better at it. And now it's like a skill. And I'm glad that I have it because getting your haircut in Los Angeles costs a fucking shit ton of money. Yeah. So we have to probably introduce Jasmine now formally to the show. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, it's been hi. a few minutes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because this is so much more fun talking about like fun stuff like hair which we'll do for the rest of the show. Oh, good. But awesome. for our audience who doesn't know who you are, so oh, yeah. guys, okay. we have Jasmine St. Clair. If you don't know who she is, uh, so she's in the <laughs> Avian Hall of Fame. You have your own action figure, uh, and some people might know you from wrestling or the world's biggest gangbang, too. Or, yeah, or like maybe the back of a milk carton. Or like I was doing ads for my pillow for Mike Lindell. Wait, was, shut up. No, like seriously, I was doing ads for his towels because his towels are the best towels. They're super soft and they dry you so fast like that. So I was doing Mike Lindell's ads for his towels for my pillow. So I don't know if they're going to stay up because there's such like crazy Christian people. Wait, I'm Googling this. But I thought the ads were great. Nothing comes between me and my... My pillow towel. I have heard good things about the pillow. I, I wouldn't buy one, but I've heard really good things. No, the towels are like worth it. The towels are worth it. Oh, they're totally worth it. And no, Mike Lindell does not pop out of the box or anything like that in a bikini. I would pay more if he did. Yeah, and I, I would definitely <laughs> buy them. You'll buy them just to see Mike Lindell in a bikini. Okay. There's a lot of things I would buy to see Mike Lindell in a bikini. I think he'd just do it if you asked him, like if he saw you. If he had election results that he wasn't aware of, he would he would just do it for free. <laughs> but the cyber symposium. Just tell yeah. him I have proof that the election was rigged. He'll show up at my house in a speedo any second. <laughs> it's like a bat signal. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, just it's been this crazy weird transition, especially like during the pandemic. And so throughout this whole thing, Vice TV came up with this whole thing, like dark side of the 90s, dark side of the ring. So I'm like watching TV one day. <laughs> I see myself pop up in Springer. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I said, wait a second. Like, who are you people? Like you people weren't cool enough to be around in the 90s. Now you're saying it was dark. OK, I get it. You got to sell something. But I just don't think people grasp like that whole episode was called Trash Talk TV. And I could say you will never, ever see TV like that again. So with my credentials, I always say the voice of American shock culture, because it's what I was. And it was totally fun. Like before I shunned it. But if most people listen to my podcast episode today, which is crazy trained with a K, because that's so perfectly fitting. I never really had an issue with my past, but I was married once before or twice, the second marriage to the real husband. You said or twice. Do you just not remember? Well, I don't know if you want to count the first one. Was it legal? <laughs> yeah. I like how it's still like, was it though? <laughs> well, no, it was. It was. Okay. So the big reveal in episode five is that I married a stripper at a bachelorette party before the real husband. Okay. But now the real husband... Uh, whatever you want to call him. Like I totally gave him my branding and everything. So it was just sort of like being out of touch with myself for so many years. Then two and a half years ago, I reconnected with Lainey Spicer, who was like publicist extraordinaire. Yeah, penthouse. I know Lainey. Everyone knew Lainey. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, she's like so much fun. She's like, she's amazing. I think she's like one of the girls when you go out with her, I just like had this idea to do a one woman show and the pandemic hit. And I was just like, I don't know what to do now because I've done a lot of acting and I started studying dialects and I was doing Amazon audiobooks. 
narrating them. I'm just like waiting for this freaking thing to go away. So everyone kept saying, do a podcast, do a podcast. And just as someone who's on a podcast and has a podcast for the last three years, do you want to do a podcast? <laughs> no, I don't fucking, my freaking cat has You don't a need to do a podcast. This has big vibes of like everyone last year for me being like, you're a comedian, get on TikTok, do sketch. And I was like, I don't really want to. Yeah, that's the other thing that aggravates me. Like people do not get, okay, so I don't know if you've seen like Mike Tyson's one man show undisputed. It's really freaking amazing. And I can identify with that. I'm not, no, not, I'm not saying that I'm like a big black guy or anything. I'm just saying I could identify with the way he told his story. It was really well done. I too identify with Mike Tyson because anytime I have two things in my hand, I'm like, no kid, no kid. He talked like that. Um, so, I mean, I've gone a little too far with nibbling on the ear. So yeah, maybe kind of. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. So it's like a journey through like that whole American shock culture or shock culture from past to present. And it's really cool. Like I fell in love with the show more than like life itself at one point. And that's like everything. So I suffer from stage fright. So don't ask me why I was doing one person show. Then this whole podcast thing came up. So like Everyone and their freaking brother, like you girls are cool, but like I'm talking every freaking person that's not cool and does not have anything cool to say or talk about. It's like they have a podcast. So finally I started like my manager set me up with this amazing co-host who likes heavy metal. And that's obviously what our bond was. Cause like my first concert ever was black Sabbath. Nice. And then it's been like a really cool uphill from there so far. I do have guests on the show sometimes. I do want to get Mike Lindell on the show because I think he'd be so perfect. That is someone that fits the I would train, listen. Like, crazy train. You just have to say one thing to him and he'll go off. That's a great podcast guest too, because sometimes like, and back to your thing about how many people have podcasts that don't need to have them or don't know how to do them. Like I have two at this one and another one. And like, First of all, it's fucking hard to host podcasts. It's not the easiest thing. When I first started doing it, like my takeaway after we did the first episode and my producer looked at me and she was like, what'd you think? And I was like, Joe Rogan's job is harder than I thought it was. And now I'm disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel really guilty for all the shit I talked. But also like you get guests on and I did one where I interviewed guys that left mean comments about me on Pornhub, which was a great idea in theory. But like... So it was like pulling fucking teeth. Like it was so hard to get anything good. And then you get other guests where it's just, yeah, you give them one word and they run away with it. And that's what you want because that's the content because they're listening for the guest and for you, but for the guest, like you want them to be able to say something. But when you're doing an episode and they don't know how to talk, it's just, oh. Look, I made Europeans talk. When I worked on MTV in Norway, I interviewed a lot of European bands and the Norwegians are the toughest to talk, but I always talked and laughed and had a good time with them. I never really had to kick anyone in the foot till they were like black and blue. As far as guys saying nasty things to you, of course, they're not going to talk on the show because they're like squalor down in their freaking parents' basement, jacking off or something. I did 10 episodes. We got 10 episodes out of it. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, a surprising. I mean, it took me months. It was months of replying to every single comment anyone's ever left on anything I've ever done. It took forever to like get enough. I I left thousands of comments, but I did get 10 episodes out of it. And it was a cool experience. My other podcast, I interview a lot of Romanian girls, like Romanian cam girls. Oh, yeah. They're great talkers. I'm sure they're great talkers. Yeah. And they all sound like that. And they all look like you. They're all fucking gorgeous. And we would do it at 5 a.m. because of the time difference. So I'm all like haggard in here like, welcome to the cam girl chronicles with Kay Kennedy. Give me vodka. Yeah, they're... They sound exactly like that. You spent time in Bucharest? No, I take Russian dialect in class. It's Russian prostitution. So give me green card. I mean, you guys, like you lived in New York, so you know, it's all in strip club Russian girl. So yeah, so then the podcast came up. So I feel like this is a great way to build an audience for when I do the shows again, the live show. Do you have any plans for the live show coming up? Like any theaters or? Yes. I'm going to go back to the cutting room in New York City in May. And before then, I want to do something in L.A. in April uh, or like in March. I, the goal is to do this like once or twice a month 
And I could do my show in so many different countries because I speak like five languages. So what? I can go to Spain. Yeah, I can go to France. I can go anywhere I want to. I don't speak Russian, though. You can only do a Russian accent. I would believe you if you said you spoke Russian, though. Well, hey, maybe I can go to Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium and like cut that off right away and just do my show there. That would be awesome. I want to go to the Midwest. I'm still reading his book. I, this is crazy. I know this sounds totally psychotic, but his book is 3D. It's so scary looking. Like I had nightmares. <laughs> I mean, considering the cover looks like a profile photo from a serial killer. Yeah. That <laughs> this existed. Every time he does something, I'm like, you can't be a more ridiculous person. And then someone else tells me something. And I'm like, I just love people like that. I love them dearly. I, I got special little people. Also bear in mind that if you did take over a Mike Lindell event, it would end up at least on something like the Daily Beast. So just saying that it's publicity, whether or not it's good or bad publicity, who cares? It's getting your name out there. Is there ever something as bad publicity? I'm going, I'm going, I'm totally going. And yeah, now he does make the best like pillows and um, I mean, he does make the best towels. So I like them. And yeah, doing the Mike Lindell um, towel ads was amazing. It's like a huge, it's like the latest thing. And then really tempting me to give Mike Lindell my money right now. I need new towels. It's been on my list. You know, the factories in Minnesota, I think Minnesota, but I'm going to, you know, keep chugging away at that. And then we're still, they're still shooting the daughters of Dolomite, which is a Dolomite spinoff movie. It's been so cool so far. I know nothing about Dolomites. What? Oh, it was really good. Dolomite films are great. So it's the daughters. I play the mom of one of the girls. Um, Gary Sturges is in it. We shot like some things over the summer. Then they went on a break. Uh, I think someone had a baby. That's trivial. Yeah. Yeah. Having that baby is freaking trivial. Like I have a cat and that's enough right there. <laughs> I actually saw someone online who um, posted a chart of when the baby, they have to attempt to uh, change it or feed it. And it was a spreadsheet of a week. And it essentially, you almost saw like there was an activity like every 15 to 20 minutes. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, now I understand why parents are tired. Yeah, It's in a chart form, a way I can visually understand. Pass. You can't leave it alone. Like at any point, you can't, like it's not like a pup, even a puppy, you can kind of leave alone for like 30 minutes. You cannot do that with a baby. You can't even leave the room. Well, a puppy, I can't justify leaving alone. A baby, yeah. kind of. It's annoying. Yeah, exactly. It's it's more annoying and you are not allowed to leave it in a playpen until it's like a, a little bigger. And then if you're my mom, you just leave it alone for like 18 years and this happens. So I don't know. <laughs> so babies can't change their own diapers. Fuck that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Have you seen the thing of parents potty training their kids by just holding them over the toilet? I just saw this the other day. Oh, God, no. No, but can you also do that with a cat? I think actually you can. You definitely can teach a cat how to use a toilet. I've had friends that have taught them this. But no, there's like a, a group of parents, like a movement of parents of newborns that like instead of diapers, anytime... The I don't know how you would sense this. I can barely tell when my dog has to pee. And I've had her for like five and a half years. <laughs> like... But apparently every time it makes like a certain face or whatever, you just grab it and like hold it over the toilet and it shits. And then like, it's good. And they're like, yeah, we never use diapers. Not at all. Like our kid was potty trained from the time they were like six months old, which honestly really? does sound awesome. But like, that is a level of commitment that I cannot, you wouldn't sleep. So they're potty training them then. Are they like walking in high heels and smoking cigarettes and having martinis like at seven or something? No, no, no. It's this just is, a, like this is a, a good parent on my mother. Oh. <laughs> who made me walk on the treadmill in my first communion heels so that they wouldn't hurt, which. Really? Yeah, she used to do that. And you know what? She was right. Because then when I went to college and all the drunk girls were like tottering on high heels, I was fucking, man, nothing could have prepared me for being a stripper more than that and the neglect. That's awesome. That's like so cool. I mean, it is funny seeing girls not know how to like walk in heels. It's like, what are you doing? Like you're going to get drunk fucked or something at the rate. She did. She told me she's like, just put it on, put the treadmill on low, throw on the heels, break them in and you'll know how to do it. And she was totally right. And how old are you? Like 17? 
she did it to my for my first communion heels. I was little. She made me wear those all around the house for a That's while. Seven. I was seven. That's yeah. Seventeen. But then about thirteen, I think, was when I had my first pair of like heels, like not super high, but she did the same thing. And I that I wore them. I did it with my then I just started doing it, like with my prom shoes and stuff. You look 13. You look 13. Thank you so much. Like you are a pedophile's wet dream. Sorry, I know I shouldn't say that, but just you, you're like, you look like 13 years old. Thank you. I'm 27 and I use the touch-up filter on Zoom, so. You're still adorable. That's like, I mean. Speaking of not trying to age, I recently got Botox. You did? For the first time, first time. You look good. Wait, where did you get it? It's very subtle. It's very subtle and it's not going to show for like a week. Okay. They said a week or two. So not really results are there, but you did the eyebrow thing. I did the eyebrow thing, uh, the arch where like it gives like a little bit of the foxy look. So I kind of want I'm, I'm waiting for this to lift like a little bit. But yeah, it was my first time because I'm a child and I, I haven't had this done yet. Um, and I say this as if like Botox is a norm. Well, where did you go? We're in L.A. Here in L.A.? I went somewhere in LA. The woman was very sweet, very nice, had great reviews everywhere on Googling Yelp. Um, and it was a Groupon. So oh, I got a good deal as well. We like those Groupons. Yeah. Alice has been talking about doing the eyebrow lift for a while. And then she had like a filter to make you see what it would look like with you having it. She put the filter on me and uh, she's like, how do you think you would look with this? And I looked terrifying. She's like, oh, you, she's like, this is not good for your face shape. I was like, I think we agree on this. Yeah, you got to be careful when you go for like I went I go to the same spa for my facial. So I had this Cosmara facial. Then she took like three tubes of blood from my hand and then she put it into my face. So I'm just like swollen and shit and just like it's coming down slowly but surely. So when I was speaking to her, she was actually telling me that the procedure I was going for, she was like, oh, it's normally done also via a thread lift. I'm like, what is that? Oh. And they're like, oh, yeah, they put sutures in to visibly lift the skin um, surgically and it lasts longer. It's more expensive. And I'm like, what? No, I don't want to do that today. Great, because you can't do it today. OK, cool. So we're on common ground, at least there. Yeah, that's scary. Ooh, I'd be afraid. Yeah. I'm, I've never had a thread lift. Don't think I'm going to get one. going to stick with just plain old Botox here and there once in, in a blue moon. Uh, by the way, I feel like you really like skipped over in the beginning on like the whole, hey, I was on Jerry Springer thing. Oh yeah, that shit. Tell us more. What the fuck? Okay. So um, I was like one of his highest rated guests as well as Stearns. Like back then, Shock TV was Shock TV. So they'd have you come in they kind of tell you the premise ahead of time of what it was. And on that specific very first episode before like the gangbang one, um, they had me on as some stripper that wanted to get into porn and my boyfriend didn't want me to do it. Boyfriend. I didn't know the guy. It turned out it was some guy from Boston uh, named Mike Francis who was getting into like the window business. We ended up hooking up like a few years later. It was horrible. But I didn't know what it was. Like I knew what these shows were. And it's like being in the butthole of America. It was just, you know, you argue with the audience. They're not your friends. They're there to get on TV themselves. And it just showed that America was a beautiful country because it's left these idiots on TV, these pigs on TV in the middle of the day who have nothing else in the real world going on. I would never sign a waiver. And that's how you prevent any type of fights. <laughs> I really didn't know like what was going on. I didn't have the mindset of like being a porn star. I was this cultures figure in like American shock culture, which was totally fine by me, but I just didn't get it. And like, I get it now, like 20 something years later, which is fine. I think it's cool that a lot of younger kids think that's cool and vice you know, like I was in the street and this young Asian guy, I love you. I'm like, how the fuck old are you? He's like 21 years old. I'm like, how do you love me? Oh, I saw you on Vice. I went looking for your Springer thing. I'm like, uh-huh. You look like you're going to be a serial killer one day. And he does. Probably is. <laughs> it's amazing how much the media landscape has changed since that was the norm. Like when we think about like Howard Stern, Jerry Springer, like that kind of era of television, Prez Hilton, even like 
I was just watching the Britney Murphy documentary where they're like talking to Perez Hilton being like, you were super shitty to her. And he's still like, well, the interviewer shouldn't have asked me who I thought was going to die that year. It's like, <gasps> oh. like you're still not going to take responsibility for being a fucking piece of shit. And he's like, it was a different era. And it's like, yeah, but a lot of us still knew better, even when it was a different era. Some of us did. <laughs> but it's mind boggling how much that has changed, like within comedy, within entertainment, within media like in general. Like just the landscape is totally different. I mean, the landscape is totally different than it was when I got into porn like three and a half years ago. That's how much it's like how fast it's changing. Yeah. Oh, and the guys in the movies, they look like boys with their bitch buns. But like, I just like this whole cancel culture has just become so toxic. And I feel as though it's very unproductive and it really makes things not as fun as they should be. You can't go canceling things you're afraid of or you don't understand. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Then don't watch it. If you don't like Chappelle, don't watch Chappelle. If you feel offended, then don't watch this or that. Like, it's just, it's that simple. Like, that's how I live my life. If I don't like something, I just don't watch it. If I don't like someone, I just don't talk to them. If I don't think a guy's hot, then I won't threaten to like chloroform him and take him home. You know, you've said that to me a handful of times and I feel like you've actually done that. I don't know. You could plead the fifth on that one. It's not chloroform. I mean, you don't really, you don't have to chloroform people that are willing. Chloroform takes like significantly longer to work than most people think it is. Yeah. You really can't just go and they pass out. It takes a minute. Yeah. Right? They really like, dramatize that in the movies. Do they? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah no. It takes a lot longer to chloroform somebody. Like, I'm Googling this. Yeah, it's not an instant thing. She's like nice and normal. She's like, I don't know about this. At least five minutes of inhaling an item yeah. soaked in chloroform. Yeah, that's a long time. Jesus. Think about if you're trying to wrestle someone down. That's a long time. I don't have the arm strength. I'm really weak. Most people don't. Like, it's not that easy to chloroform people. I don't want to get into how far about why I know this, but I do. ID Discovery, is that what you're watching? Like, this is this is from my personal arsenal of experiences. You know, I I had some adventures in my early 20s. (laughs) Everything was consensual. (laughs) Um, But back to like cancel culture. Yeah, I mean, I think that because I've seen people on both sides make this really great point, especially about Chappelle, is that like, you're not canceled. Like you're, you're not, you're not canceled. Even if no one ever wants you to do a special again, you can just take your millions and millions of dollars and go back to your farm in Ohio and live a wonderful life. You're not really canceled. People are talking about it. I do not really love this idea of like playing into, I'm going to get canceled cancel culture for shock value. Because I think that's cheap. And I kind of think that that's what's been happening with the whole Chappelle thing. Is it my favorite of his specials? Absolutely not. I don't think it's that great. I think his older stuff is much, much better. But I think that happens to most comedians when they kind of lose touch with like the common person. Um, and I've seen Chappelle like several times. Like he's a phenomenal talent. He's older and he's making tons of money. And I think you should be funny if you're funny. And the joke is the joke. Jokes should just be funny. They don't like the idea of courting controversy just for clicks seems cheap to me. But it also seems like a throwback to like shock culture. So it's interesting as far as we've moved, like as far as the media landscape has changed, we haven't moved as far away from it as we think we have. But we were doing it naturally, organically. So I I do think it's more honest. Like the old school stuff, I do think it's like more honest. Whereas this is like, okay, you engineered a special to piss off a lot of people. It was before the internet too. So I was doing this shit like, Part of the beauty and mystique of this is I was doing this long before the internet was even around. I don't do it on purpose. If I happen to aggravate someone or piss someone off, oh, well, so be it. But I'm not going to go out there and go out of my way. So someone cancels me. Truth of the matter is, look, people maybe say things that could be offensive and questionable to others. But if people like you and you're likable enough, no one's going to do anything. Like you're not canceled. I mean, yes and no. 
I think if you're a big enough name, you will be fine. Like someone like Chappelle, you'll be fine. Everybody is making valid points here. Like I agree with Kate on the people age and their comedy changes with the tastes of the audience because that's why, I mean, you don't see movies on the top 100 comedy lists. It just, it doesn't happen because comedy changes, tastes change, references change. It's exceptionally hard to write evergreen jokes. I mean, the fact that Airplane ages so well is like an outlier, frankly, because most jokes are not written that way. I agree with Jasmine on the points where, you know what? Um, If you don't like something, you don't like something. Don't make a big fuss of it. And then there's also the people who go out there where it's like, hey, look, I said something shitty. It's a joke. It's also something that's incredibly hard to judge against the past because it is such a new art form. It is. So that's why we don't always want to judge past standards by present standards. Well, it's a distinctly like American art form and literally like more, it's all just died like yesterday. Like the guy that basically invented stand-up comedy. I mean, you can argue that Mark Twain invented it, but even then you only get an extra like 50 years. So like it's new within the last century. This has never really happened before. It pulls on other kinds of entertainment, but it is, it's not a medium where you can like, look back and be like, oh, all of this to back your argument up. You really can't because it's such a, and it, because it's so distinctly American, it evolves really, really fast. And what's funny is so based in your own experiences. Yes. But this is like, I don't really go to stand up shows. Like I used to, like my friend, Jason Rouse, uh, he was banned from a few countries. I don't know why I thought his comedy was perfectly fine, but that's me. Then like, I got so depressed like going to the belly room because it's these freaking like I call them moths. That stands for model actress, whatever model actress want to be, whatever the fuck you are. So my friend was there. He had a show at the belly room and I just went by to support him. So I knocked some guy out on like the patio. So here's what the problem is. So I'm there minding my business and then I'm talking to someone and this guy like he's like, you see me talking to someone. So who gives you that right to come into my personal space? Oh, you comedian? I'm like, I'm not a fucking comedian. Like, do I look? I'm not a comedian, all right? Well, it's just a natural question because you're at the belly room. I'm like, no, I'm here for a freaking tummy tuck, all right? That's what I thought it was. I just like, I just don't want you around. Like, don't talk to me. It's one of those that like thinks he's good looking and all, which he probably was. Then he, he was like with one of his friends. I forgot. It was some big guy who was tall and stupid looking. I'll tell you who it was after. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> He was doing a special appearance at the belly room that I didn't know. He starts like yapping away at me. So then I just punched him. Fine. After him comes his like shaved bird looking guy named Chris. He's like, you know, that wasn't cool. I said, dude, you're not cool. Like none of you people are fucking cool. It's like a Tuesday night. You're in the bum fuck of Hollywood at a, you probably never even took an improv class. So don't like tell me. Okay. I was talking to someone having a perfectly normal conversation about serial killers and your boyfriend has to come over and start with me. They weren't gay, by the way. This is my favorite story anyone's ever told me. Cause like, there's so many, first of all, comedians love to go to the comedy store on Tuesdays. Tuesday historically has been like the night it's lit. Hilarious. Your joke about going there for a tummy tuck hilarious one because it's the belly room two because there's a long-standing rumor that they used to perform illegal abortions in the belly room did they yeah there's like a long-standing rumor that it's like an inside joke from mitzi shore and that's why she called it that because back in the day they used to do illegal. i have no idea i mean it's just an insult to me because i'm not one of these girls one of those stupid big black hats and those like three inch like wedge heel boots with a floral dress on and a leather jacket And yes, the girls that show up at the comedy store to hit on comedians is the funniest chuckle fuckers dynamic ever. It's hilarious. Did you just call them chuckle fuckers? Yes, Yes, I did. Chuckle fuckers. That's what they're called. Yeah, that's a fair name to call them. It's like hot girls that show up and then everyone gets to make fun of them on stage, which is fun. But yeah, it's a thing. I literally, I was also having a conversation with somebody on the patio there one time and we're having a conversation. And all of a sudden, these two very scantily clad girls walk in and he like looks up. He goes, oh, my God, that's like some name I've never heard. He goes, I'm sorry, I have to go. They're porn stars. You understand. And I was like, what do you think I do? 
Like, but I, I'm dressed. I know I'm wearing jeans, but like, holy shit, dude. Like you just saw my set. They just took it with them on a night out. So that's the difference. You didn't. There's never a female chasing chuckle fuckers. Yeah, there are. Maybe it's lesbians or something. absolutely are. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, I have a lot of like male fans of my comedy that are like, they're like, you're so hot and I could fix you. I'm like, no. You could fix me. But then your comedy wouldn't be as good. Exactly. Yeah. No, but there absolutely are. It's hilarious. Um, A lot of guys are very into that, which is so funny. Because I mean, dating a comedian is miserable. I don't recommend it. No. Why? It's like two actors in a relationship. It's two chemically imbalanced people. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, okay. So actors, I actually think can have relationships more smoothly than comedians can because comedy is like everyone gets up on the same stage in front of the same crowd, right? It's not like you get cast in a movie that like has your vibe or your character, right? Everyone has to do the same, like the same venue. So there's always that era of competitiveness. And also like as a comedian, like you're constantly, you're just looking around the world, like what's funny, what's funny, what's funny? Like, what do I? And so you're naturally going to write about them and comedians hate it when you write about them. And so, and because they know it too. And so, and then they'll give you like, no, it's, it, dating comics is terrible. And they're just, they're so neurotic. Again, I'm all, I'm saying all of this about myself. Like I don't <laughs> recommend dating me either. I've seen like one marriage of comedians work ever. Who? Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky. Yeah. Like my, one of my improv teachers uh, at Groundlings, she was married to um, a comic, but they seem functioning. They seem like normal people with a dog. They seem like you did like normal people things. I could be wrong. I like how that's a standard. It's like you're normal and you have a dog. You can care for something that needs assistance. Right. Mature adults. And plus improv is just a certain skill. Like I graduated the Second City Conservatory. I did Brownlings. Oh, hey, I did Second City too. Did you? That's so cute. Yeah. So I went through the whole conservatory, then grad review when they were open, obviously doing shows. So it's just, you know, it's a different mindset. So maybe she's a normal person. I don't know. But I stopped going to comedy shows when you get girls going up there all the time talking about like getting fingered and like raped and all this shit. It's like, why am I here like listening to the same story she just told you're doing the same thing? I just like I can't deal with this. It's just I went up after a girl one time that had done like 10 minutes about having a miscarriage and like how upset she just killed the room like Oh my God. It was like deathly quiet. It was so upsetting. Like it, it was just, it was terrible. And I had to go after her. And so I was just like, you know, like from a female perspective, I guess if you don't want the baby having a miscarriage just saves you like $400 in a couple hours, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Like in my opinion. Yeah. Save the money for the abortion. Yeah. Just have a freaking marriage. Yeah, abortions are like $400. Are they? Yeah, yes. they're really expensive. I've had two miscarriages and trust me, was not upset about either of them. I was like, thank God <laughs> my insurance covers this. And if you're too far along, I mean, there's always a set of stairs. Yeah, I could throw you down. It's not a problem. Like, don't worry about it. I got you. That joke killed because it's supposed to be fucking funny. I think a lot of comics also, especially lately, like uh, miss the boat on like, this is supposed to be funny and not just you not being able to afford therapy. I agree. I, I find that there's way too many comics I'm seeing nowadays where it's like, oh, wait, this got dark and this isn't going into a funny place. Yeah. This is going into uh, all the darkness. Deeply traumatic. Yeah. Which again is why I say like, don't date comics because it's like, I have to be the weird neurotic one. We can't both be weird and neurotic. You have to drag me out into the sunshine once a day. I need that. <laughs> I need you to have like a job, like a, a real one. And not what I do, which is just chaos everywhere. But that's more fun. It is fun. But see, I think I bring that to the relationship with a more stable person. And then we balance each other out. Huh, I don't know if I'm stable. Am I stable? No, Jasmine, you are not stable. I'm not stable? I don't, I would not consider you a stable person, but I love you for it. I think you're like lawful chaos. Lawful chaos is a great way to describe you. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> like you're good, but like chaotic. Chaotic good. Chaotic good. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. No, everyone, no, I will be the first. You're not evil chaotic. No, but I have it together. 
I put it together and I've done roller derby. So move the fuck out of my way. If you hold arms, not letting me pass up the street because I don't have a freaking mask on, bitch. I'm going to walk. What haven't you done? Roller derby? What haven't I done? Well, I don't have kids. Uh, that's thank God. Um, I have not been in the cyber symposium. Okay. You have not actually fucked 300 guys. No, no one does. Who the fuck did? No, that's like, no. That's I think like people want to buy into scandal. People want to buy into whatever Kool-Aid you feed them. Okay. So like there are people that buy into Mike Lindell's Kool-Aid. There are people that buy into like whatever Kool-Aid you and I go putting out there. And I feel like in the nineties, you could just get away with so much more. Like people wanted it then people just wanted shock and awe and this and that. And, you know, if you think about it, like every subculture I've existed in has been like some kind of weird Ooh, thing like pro wrestling, you know, getting slammed through tables and shit like that. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. What's better, pro wrestling or porn? Because you've now worked on both sets. Pro wrestling. Okay, tell me more. Um, because I have never been a pro wrestler before. No, it was cool because I like grew up watching that. Then I started working for ECW wrestling, which is like the best of the best. It's hardcore wrestling. Like that's where you have three hundred pound guys like throwing girls around, like push through tables, you get hurt. So wrestling is not fake. It's choreographed. So I was taking lessons from this glow girl and like wrestling classes. So I wrestle a few like uh, mixed tag matches in my time. And I'm probably going to get involved in wrestling again in January with this league I once worked for that has pay-per-view now. It's cool. Like I liked it. I liked, it's like a special adrenaline rush. You really can't explain being in that ring and the arena filled up with like all these people Because adult films I was in for like two and a half years of my life. Wrestling was like, I still got booked on like appearances and signings. They're like loyal, diehard fans. And it was just from going from one extreme to another, one circus to another, you know. I say that often, that as a child, I really envisioned my adult life having less friends in the circus. Adult? What's an adult though? Like, are we well, just adult? over eighteen when I was old enough to make my own friends? I'm just surprised that I know this many people in this many circuses. Isn't that crazy? I love it. It's like I, I, I could not have imagined it would be this good, but I love it. Yeah, it's the best. This is how you like build a life and you get stories. Like, I wouldn't, I would never do anything differently. Like, that's the truth. Like so many people you hear talk about this, like, oh, I wish I didn't do this or that. Then why'd you fucking do it? You're like, it's just, I would say this whole crazy train thing. Someone gave that to me years ago in 2014. I was talking to this guy on the phone I was seeing and he's like, yeah, it's like the Jasmine crazy train. It just wakes up and you don't know where it'll end up. So yeah, I mean, that's true, but it's in a good way. I mean, with wrestling, yeah, I was taken to slamming just in a different way, but it was fun. You know, I'm a thrill seeker. Like I ride motorcycles. So it's it's pretty easy to just kind of figure this out. Like I like adventures. Thank you. you know, I like your vibe. I feel like we have a very similar because I also used to ride motorcycles through the desert. And really? Like, yeah. And I kind of got to a point when I was like 22 and I got out of college and I was like, you know what? I didn't get a job and I didn't know what to do. And so I kind of just decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go spend as long as I can having adventures and go build a life that's worth writing about and worth talking about that people will be interested in. And I'm just going to do that. And that's what I did. And I'm the same way. I don't regret it for a second. You can't. Like, I didn't think about writing anything. And like, what I can't stand is just the biggest insult ever thrown to me besides that asshole, Chris Daly, whatever his name was. At the, was it Chris the- it was his buddy. And then he said something to me after. And I told him, to go, me too. I told him to go eat shit. But anyway, uh, what's the big deal with him? He's not cute. So then, I mean, he's also kind of a pedophile nowadays. He also is. And he was super rude to me way before he was a pedophile at the comedy he store. Because he wanted you. No, he wasn't. He was super rude to me. And now I realize that he was only super rude to me because in fact, I was 26 and not 17. And now I feel way less bad about that. You're too old for him. I was way too old for him. I know. I'm going to make make sure to write about this in my memoir of a chuckle fucker. Memoir of a chuckle fucker? You guys are making me want to go to the comedy store. We're going to wrap this podcast up and I'm going to head over there, even though it's Wednesday. No, we have to go. We we just, we need to go. Like you and I need yeah. to stay in touch. And like you and I are going to go up Montana Avenue and shock the fuck out of everyone. It's a really good people watching place. But yeah, I didn't do the whole get married, have kids thing. Thank God. 
I guess this is like all I've known for 20 years was just being in entertainment. And, you know, I'm really fortunate. I feel like I've had diehard fans between porn, wrestling, heavy metal, and just with acting, it's just this whole other thing, you know? And yeah, I love the one woman show more than I've been in love with anyone in my life. And I could honestly say that. That's amazing. I know that sounds really fucked up, but it's true. And, uh, you know, I'm really fortunate that I was able to perform it. I'm going to keep performing it. And I like doing the podcast because I can tell stories and it's always some kind of craziness. And you have to let us know when you're doing it here in LA so that we can come watch. Oh yeah. You guys I'm have dying to, to see this now. Maybe San Francisco. It'll be fun. No, it's, it's really fun. Oh, Alice, um, Alice just got back from San Francisco, but, uh, it's terrible. I'm not going back. I refuse. Okay. But my best friend from high school lives there and I promised I would go visit him. So if I have a good excuse, then yes, we're going. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you can go. You can come. I saw someone get stabbed in the face. I'm passing on San Francisco. Oh, Vegas is fun. Anywhere. No. Yeah. I lived in New York the last decade and I didn't feel uh, like uncomfortable where I was going to see someone stabbed in the face. Okay. In San Francisco, I always felt uncomfortable. But you look like a nut, like a hot nut that you'd be perfectly fine there. Yeah. Alice, no one's going to cut your face open. And if they do, I'll cut them first. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll come after them. We'll be like the hit squad. What sign are you guys? Like, I'm a Scorpio. What are you, like a Capricorn or? I don't know. I'm an Aries with a Scorpio rising. When's your birthday, Allison? February 14th. Oh, that's so cool. Valentine's Day. I know it's terrible because every year my birthday and Valentine's Day are combined into one. That makes you an Aquarius or a Pisces. Mm, who knows? Not like it matters. I want to say Aquarius. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's an Aquarius. The only thing that matters to me is whether or not an, an old internet dog said it was a good or bad day. That's all I care oh, about. Does Noodle have that bones? is my version. You know, by the time this episode comes out, Noodle will probably be dead. That's so rude. He's 13, Alice. He could live longer than he's a pug. So it's kind of impressive he's lived this song at all. I should start doing one of Squeegee. But I mean, Squeegee always has bones. They just don't work right. Well, Squeegee's also missing this whole like limb in the front. So yeah, he's missing bones. The ones she has are kind of mangled. But I love her. You know, you probably could do a video about it being a no bones day because she woke up with less of a bone. She wakes up and goes back under the covers. I've decided for Halloween, she's going to be the Dune from Dune. I'm just going to put a blanket <laughs> under her. And then she like does this thing, especially if you wake her up early. She's exactly like the sandworms. She like worms out of the blanket. She's like, it's the same noise. She sounds exactly like the giant sandworms. <laughs> So Jasmine, you say you have a podcast. Uh, so it's Crazy Train with a K. People can find it everywhere, right? Yeah, it's um, everywhere. Uh, we just had a new episode drop today. So we're on episode six. So everyone should cash up because trust me, it's a fun ride. We record tomorrow, which I'm really excited about because I can't wait for that. It's going to be so much fun. I get to talk about the 42-year-old virgin. It's so historical. I didn't know he was that or I wouldn't have dated him, but yeah. I like how it started with, is she talking about the movie and Steve Carell? No, just an actual 42-year-old virgin, which is fine. No, no, okay. That shit. The real shit. Yeah. It, they, they exist. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. And um, I was living in Brazil at the time. But yeah, join the Crazy Train podcast. And it's every Wednesdays, Apple, Spotify, Last FM, Crazy Train with a K. Do you have a place to go if you have a new one-woman show coming out? Like, is there a yes. Jasmine St. Clair website? No, nope. it's called A Weird Kind of Fame, which is the name of the one-woman show is A Weird Kind of Fame. And you could just Google A Weird Kind of Fame and it comes up. There's a website, there's an Instagram, there's a Twitter, and that has all the show dates. And of course, I will talk about it on my show. But for now, right now, we just have May, New York City at the Cutting Room. To get a venue in LA, I'm just very picky about what it is. I don't want to go to, I don't do really clubs with it. I would do more like um, a theater. An underground barbershop. Yeah. Hey, that'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Is there one? I might have one for you that might be opening kind of soon. How many seats are you looking for? Um, I like 50 and up. And I just like lights that are as bright as could be so I don't have to see anyone. All right. I know some people that are opening a speakeasy behind a nail salon coming up soon. Where? So it's over on Fairfax. There's like this really cool bar. And right next to it is this nail salon that closed down during the pandemic. And I randomly was there to meet some friends. And these guys were standing outside the nail salon talking. And I 
like to eavesdrop. So I was eavesdropping and then inserted myself into their conversation as I like to do. Basically, it's this really cool like craft cocktail bar. Like they'll make you, it's one of those places you can go in and be like, I like whiskey and they'll make you the best drink you've ever had. But they're planning on buying the nail salon next door, having like two pedicure chairs, right? So like a little bit, but then there's gonna be a door in the back where you can go in and it's gonna be like a speakeasy. That sounds like fun. Yeah. That sounds fun. I have like a lot of AV in my show. So you'll see Springer, you'll see Stern, you'll see like that whole era of like all these different cool things. It's um it's hard to explain, but it's really like I said, it's like I'm, I'm like I'm more in love with that than any. Guy. Yeah, let's for sure keep in touch then because I know I tend to know a lot of like small venue owners or people opening like new cool spots like that. Yeah, okay, sometimes yeah. they're just in the backyard of D-list actors like it's in David Spade's pool house. Or in like the rec room for a bunch of swingers that were accidentally Republicans. And then I went up and did all of my liberal material and none of them laughed. That was fun in the valley. <laughs> First I was like, we're in Canoga Park and they're like, we're in Midland Hills. And I was like... This the map says Canoga Park. So whatever you need to tell yourself to sleep at yes. property value. <laughs> yeah. So just check it out. I will see you girls this week. Allison, we uh we now have to see each other this week because we're literally like I could throw a stone at you. Absolutely. By the way, guys, you can follow the podcast at all places and support the show. Uh, you know, we are a fan run show. So throw some cash at us over at Patreon or just leave us a like, review, comment, or tell a friend about us. That's free. Uh, but TGOM podcast is what it is on all the socials. Uh, also, if you plug it into your phone, it'll just auto pull up the app of the show. But yeah, so you guys can, of course, catch us next week. You guys can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde on Twitter and places. Kate, where can our listeners find you, though? Well, if they haven't listened to the, the watch the video part, they won't see this lovely sign that I have that is now backwards because I realized my camera mirrors the image. But you can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy. That's the is in the OG is an original gangster. Kennedy, like the dead president. You can find my OnlyFans at the OG You can also find me on Instagram at the the is in the PG, like the movie rating, because it's safe for work because it's Instagram. Kennedy, again, like the dead president. That's really eerie. So I'm just looking you up right now, but I like that. That's a very good... And now I've had to do it so many times that I got good at because I found that the way that I say the or the does not translate for people. There's like V O G Kennedy, and it's like, no, it's the V is in the. And I just followed you. <gasps> I'm gonna follow you back. Okay, well, thank you. I'm gonna have dinner and I'm gonna make sure my cat doesn't eat my food. Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we'll see y'all later. Bye bye.